following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal. The villain stays chilling. The anti-hero of the IWC. Your boy, Mr. Radar. And a little bit annoyed. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's a man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor or killed it. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Oh, man. What's up, Mario? (laughs) I mean... Uh, I yeah. I mean, the people don't even know what we're talking about right now. But ugh, disgusting, disgusting. You know why? Because we we started recording like for a good thirteen minutes, right? We we're talking about like The Rock and Cody and Roman and Seth, and we're gonna get into that conversation. But then there was also an appearance by my girlfriend Alina because she decides to call me when we were recording, and we got like a cult of personality, you know, sing along. We had a CM Punk chant, good stuff, good quality stuff, and it's all gone. It's all gone, all for all for nothing. Maybe you know what? Maybe CM Punk is a jinx. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I know. I mean, something up with that. Oh God! But all right, let's do this conversation again. Ryan, how are you? <laughs> I am good, man. I am. Uh, I'm fresh off of a nice little trip down to Florida for a couple of days, so enjoy some nice weather down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice to escape. Uh, we have a beautiful day in New York, New Jersey area today, so uh, it was nice to. Come home for you know a couple of days of uh, some cold and rain, but now it's uh, it's made up for that. So beautiful day out today. Uh, but 1, other than that, I am doing just good. How about you? I I was doing great until you know my my laptop decided to go like a wall and just completely lose the thirteen minutes we recorded. But other than that, I'm doing great. Uh, last night was a date night for me and Alina, and we had a great time and now i'm here you know a cool calm laid-back sunday some great weather and i'm taking some time off to you know record an episode because we haven't done one in a month and a lot has happened specifically when it comes to the cody roman rock seth of it all you know on our road to wrestlemania yeah i mean it's crazy it's been that long since the last time we recorded an episode but yeah i mean so much has happened i think the last time we were just going off and and raving about how uh, you know, it was just a crime. The Rock was stealing the WrestleMania main event from Cody Rhodes. And mm-hmm. now everything's, uh, you know, we're right back on track. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where you even want to start. Okay, so the week we did the last episode, that was going into the Vegas press conference, right? Which, after the, the 
that press conference aired on Peacock and on YouTube and all of WWE social media, right? Uh, we were having a conversation. I was telling you how I never seen WWE presented this way. It felt very uh, sports-esque, like a, a big event. It was Super Bowl week, obviously, but it also felt had like elements of the UFC, you know, like it just felt like a big fight feel type press conference and you know you had bianca belair you had rhea ripley you had becky lynch and but the, everybody was there for like the, the the main event if you will which was seth Rollins, cody rose roman reigns and the rock uh seth came out first addressed the crowd out comes roman you kind of had a quick back and forth between both of them and then the rock comes out a uh, pretty nice ovation but you know you kind of have like some mixed um Kind of like a mixed reaction also for The Rock because everybody wants Cody to finish his story. And, you know, The Rock goes on and on saying like, hey, listen, this is the biggest main event in WrestleMania history between me and my cousin Roman. And we're bonded by blood. And then you see like this big gimmick on the screen when it comes to like the bloodline and their family and the family tree. And they're like the he's claiming he's the they're the most powerful family in wrestling. And then out comes Cody and calls it bullshit. And then him and Roman start going at it. And then the Roman the Roman calls out Dusty Rhodes and saying that he's irrelevant. And then Cody starts talking about Roman and saying that all his ancestors would be ashamed of Roman. And then the Rock jumps in and saying like if you're talking about him, you're talking about my family too. He slaps the shit out of Cody. All hell breaks loose. Triple H gets involved, Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce, and now Seth Rollins is coming to defend Cody. It was a big back and forth, a big schmoz. CM Punk is on the microphone saying, like, you should let these guys fight. If I was Cody Rhodes, I would have smacked up the rock. It was great stuff all around. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I mean, CM Punk, I mean, he he just popped the shit out of me when he was going off and the rocks in the background. Um, it was just, it was really great stuff all around. And like you said, it was a really good piece of business from WWE that we don't really see them presented in this type of way at all. You know, yes. they don't really do, I mean, they do press conferences, but none of them felt as real as this, you know, like it just had that real feel to it. Like, like it was big, like you could just feel that it was big. And, um, you know, this was a great way to hype up WrestleMania. I would love to see them do something like this every single year. Um, yeah, me even too. Though, you know, me too. I don't know if it's going to, you know, like next year's would, would be this hyped up, you know, just because of everything that transpired the week before. But, um, hey, man, it was hot. It was it was great. I mean, Super Bowl week, of course, you know, so it got some, some great media attention as well. So I thought it was really, really well done. And listen, we got right back on track, right? I mean, after all that happened, uh, Triple H announced on social media that Cody is finishing his story. He's yep. going to get Roman Reigns. And, uh you know, it was just really, really good stuff. And then, you know, of course, you had SmackDown the next night. And uh, listen, we're right back on track. I love this version of The Rock. This is the best version, a heel Rock, who's leaning into this. And it seems like now he's going to be sticking around for at least a year to tell the story with Roman Reigns. You know, I mean, I guess now we know what he was talking about when he said he was a long gamer. And, um, you know, kudos to him, I guess, if he's going to stick around. And I'm um, really excited to see the story that they tell here. I mean, it's, it's already just... One of the most exciting road to WrestleManias I think we've seen in years. I mean, I can't even tell you the last one that was this exciting. I mean, uh, the, both nights, now we, we kind of have an idea of what both nights' uh, main events are going to be. So I'm intrigued, and there's so many different directions that they could go with this. Um, so. There's so many different directions, but there's also so many different like stories they're telling at the same time. And it all kind of facts, factors with all these four guys. and. 
whether they, they pivot or this happened all by design or they had to tweak a couple things. But, you know, before we we ended up losing the last 13 minutes that we were recording before, I was telling you how so the la- so after that Vegas conference or whatever, and now we know we are gonna get Cody Roman two at WrestleMania, right? The last couple of weeks, it's like we've been getting like a couple of back and forth between both camps, right? And when I mean both camps is I'm talking about the bloodline, which now Rock is legit in the bloodline, right? He's aligned with Roman. And then you have Team Cody, if you will, which now him and Seth Rollins are kind of together now. Seth Rollins is telling Cody like, hey, listen, you don't need to fight this fight against the bloodline by yourself. I will be by your side because I'm sick of the bloodline. I'm sick of Roman Reigns. I'm sick of these part-timers that just come in and do whatever the hell they want to do and think they could just control every everything and he also mentioned how he feels kind of guilty also that the reason why roman is the way he is he's partially at fault because one he taught roman everything he knows and going back to the shield days when seth turned on the shield so obviously there's history there too and then you have on the blood bloodline side of things where the rock is now aligned with the bloodline but then also people have been breaking down like the last two promos from The Rock, where in that first promo where he's saying like, you know, he's going to make Cody's life a living hell and he's going to do everything in his power um, to make sure Cody doesn't walk out as WWE champion because he's a loser and saying all this stuff, right? But people were looking at that promo but saying like, hey, when he was saying all this stuff, he was kind of looking at Roman Reigns in the, in the ring. And then also when they're all throwing up the ones, he's throwing an L. So it's like, hmm, what is Rock doing here, right? Is he kind of being like a double agent or he's just playing into this because he's going to eventually screw Roman, right? And then you could kind of make that same argument, and we were talking about this before we lost the last 13 minutes, how, why is Seth really trying to align himself with Cody? Like, could there be the possibility, which I don't want this to happen, that Seth, my turn on Cody Rhodes. Uh, I know. I said this. I brought this up in the one we recorded before, and I'm. I was asking your thoughts, and if you think this is a possibility, because I think it is. I think <sighs> it's a, it's a, at least a possibility. I don't know if it's going to happen for sure, and I don't want it to happen. Of course, I don't think it's the right move. No. Um. But I mean, listen. If they want to stack every odd against Cody, I think this is another way to do that. And I don't know if I would necessarily have Seth Rollins cost him the title. Um, but at least maybe like turn on him in the night one tag match to make it seem like he really is all alone in night two, right? So he's, he obviously has to worry about Seth. He obviously has to worry about The Rock. And then if Seth turns and then The Rock and Roman win, of course, it's the match's bloodline rules. So now he has to, go, he has to take on the whole entire bloodline on right. top of that. So just every other odd is just stacked on top of this, man. It's like he's trying to climb Mount Everest to just finish the story. And um, I think that's the only... Only way I would do the Seth turn, um, I would not have him cost Cody the championship because where does that lead us, right? What, what does that lead us to a, a Cody and, and, and Seth feud without the title? Like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, assuming that Rollins will be dropping the title to Drew McIntyre in his match. So, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different ways that they could go. I don't think this is going to happen, but I do think it's at least a possibility. I feel like The Rock is going to turn on Roman Reigns. I feel like that's gonna happen oh, right yeah. too. That's, for, that's that to happen. me is a for sure thing. Yes. I I don't see a world where that doesn't happen. Now, when it comes to the Seth side of things, in theory, in story, right, it would make sense for Seth to turn on Cody Rhodes, right? 
Cody has three wins against Seth. Fast forward to, you know, a month ago when Cody wins the Rumble. Seth says, tells Cody, I want you to challenge me. I don't want you to challenge for the Hollywood title. I want you to challenge for the Dusty Championship, right? And Cody still decides to choose the WWE Championship, you know, because he wants to finish his story. So in theory, it would make sense for make sense for Seth to turn on, on Cody Rhodes, right? I just don't want to see it happen because it, it just convolutes everything. And not for nothing, which I it, listen, uh, Cody and Seth still have to respond to the bloodline, right? When it comes to this tag match that we're gonna get on night one. I still see the bloodline winning that match. I expect this main event between Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns to be nothing but shenanigans. And I'm not saying shenanigans in a bad way. I feel like there's going to be a ton of interference. I feel like this is going to culminate with like so many different like people that have had issues with the bloodline kind of jumping in in this match. Whether it's like Kevin Owens, whether it's Sami Zayn, whether it's Jey Uso. I can see all these people involved. And I'm not saying they're going to be in, in there throughout the whole match. Like, I don't think... Like, to me, when I think of bloodline rules, right? That doesn't mean like it's going to be a handicap match. I think it's going to start off between Cody and Roman... And then little by little, as the match progresses, you're going to start seeing interference, whether it's Jimmy, whether you see Solo, uh, Paul Heyman throwing like, you know, like weapons at Roman or something so he could use. And then eventually, when The Rock gets involved and we all think that The Rock's going to hit Cody or something, he's probably going to end up nailing Roman, you know? But I do see like interference like from people helping, you know, for Cody. I, I expect a lot of shenanigans in this match. And then kind of going back to what you're saying, like, yo, what if Seth, like, you know, cost, you know, Cody the match and the title? I was telling this, I was actually telling this to Sam, right? Shout out to Sammy Suplex. I was telling him, bro, if 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 Roman walks out of Philly as a WWE champion, I, I think Philadelphia is going to riot. And I don't want to be part of that. I'm not trying to be involved with that. You know, Philly's already a different animal as it is, okay? I'm not trying to be involved in no fucking riot. Now, granted, if this was happening somewhere else or I wasn't going to Mania, I'm here for the shenanigans. I love to see anarchy. But if I'm going to be at the bill in the, in the stadium, I'm not trying to be part of that. I'm not trying to be part of no Philly riot. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he, I, dude, I, in my mind, but I did say this last year too. I mean, I said this and I know you were like, there's a chance that Roman retains. There's got to be zero percent chance that Roman. And I'm with you with that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, listen, you don't do this story again. You don't have Cody win the Rumble. You don't change the match. You don't do all of this because of fan backlash and then not deliver this man winning the title. You you just there's just no way. And listen, at this point, The Rock and Roman. Obviously, I said this way beforehand, but I mean, now it looks like that match is going to happen without the title involved next year. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it should be because it doesn't need the title. All it needs is the head of the table uh, storyline there. 1000%. And that's all that really matters, you know, and 1000%. obviously rock costing Roman the title is how we can even further rock and Roman for next year. So yeah, I mean, listen, Cody 1000% needs to be walking out with this championship. It's time. Make him the guy. He is the face. He's there every week. He's, He's on all the live events. I mean, God, this dude, we haven't seen a baby face like this in WWE since John Cena. All right? Like, this is the guy, and you better put the title on him now because if if you wait any longer, again, I know I said this last year, and they did a good job with making him hot still. You know, he still has got all the momentum going Mm -hmm. a year later. 
But I mean, if they swing and miss again, I don't. I mean, really, like I, I don't know if you can come back from that. So, listen, Triple H, I think he knows what he's doing. I think this was part of the plan for the past year. You know, they had Cody lose last year. They're gonna make him win this year. I'm still sticking by that. So I'm I'm not too worried. Um, I mean, I wasn't really worried last year. I was pretty confident, but this time I'm even more confident <laughs> that it's gonna happen. So you know, while while last year I wouldn't have had hated Cody winning, right? Like well, he would have won the title last year at Mania. I I would have been ecstatic. But like I said, going back to last year, there was a part of me just felt like I don't know. I, part of me felt like it just felt too good to be true, especially going into Mania. The story they were telling felt like Cody's the guy that's going to dethrone Roman. It felt that way. And I'm like, yo, this is too good to be true. This time around, it feels like it's a sure thing. Like yeah. It doesn't feel like it's too good to be true. Because right. you can make the argument last year where it's like, don't get me wrong, Cody won the Rumble and stuff, right? But it just felt like Cody comes back from injury. Boom, he shows up at 30 and he wins the Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just felt like everything was just given out like that. And then you had, like, the Sami Zayn factor of it all and stuff. So it just felt like, damn, like, I'm here for Cody winning. But do you think it's too good to be true? Whatever. They they push it back another year. And you were on record saying, like, this is going to be a very hard story to tell. But they ended up doing a great job with it. And I don't know if... if the Rock really thought in his mind, like, oh, well, you know what? Cody can wait another year. We're going to tell this Rock and Roman story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a congratulation in itself, right? Like, that was not going to happen. You played yourself. People want Cody Rhodes. Like, as much as we love Heel Rock, and I love Heel Rock, too, and he's getting some Rocky chance, right? But I think also at the same time, I think most of the fan base, like me and you, know, like, The Rock's going to turn on fucking Roman. Like, yeah, he acknowledged Roman Reigns on Friday night, but... Did he really? Did he really? No. Like, it, to me, it seems like this is all a work within a work. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. But I, I love the story that they're telling, though. I think it's uh, it's real solid. And listen, I mean, I don't think when Rock came back on January 1st and, and, and talked about, you know, should he sit at the head of the table, I don't think anybody expected this to go down this way. Like, you know, Rock and Roman being at least side by side for a little while, which I think is pretty cool. It is like, pretty I cool. Like, I think to see them align together, and to see them tagging at WrestleMania together is really cool before we get to, the, you know, them hating each other. So, listen, everything has just worked out so perfect. And, again, if you if you would have told me that, uh, you know, last time we recorded and we were ranting and going on our uh, complete rampage on this show that everything would work out the way it has, I don't really know if I would believe you because we were talking about at that time. We were like, how are they going to explain the, Cody giving the match to The Rock? But, listen – I think they've they've kind of uh, smoothed that over, and they've then the Rock, job. the Rock's twenty minute, um, what, what whatever he put on Instagram. I don't know. Did you did you watch the whole entire thing? That I, he posted? I, so I listened to the whole thing. So I ended up I was at work, and I didn't know it was twenty minutes until I'm like, I, it was like maybe like five minutes in, and you know how when you watch it on like social media, like you watch a reel, like the bottom it tells you like the length of it, like not the length, yeah. but you see like that bar. It was like five minutes in, and it was still like not even a quarter. I'm like, how long yeah. is this shit? I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't watch this whole thing. I'm like, so I put it, I put my phone in my pocket, and I was just listening to it. But I did listen to the whole twenty minutes. I mean, it was really good. It was actually it was funny. Originally, he put it, put the fifteen minute video out there, 
I'm like, oh, God, I really don't want to watch this, but I guess I have to. And I did. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then, then it's deleted. And then there's another one as I refresh. And it's 21 minutes. I'm like, this motherfucker added five more in the six more minutes. He couldn't help shit. himself. I'm like, he couldn't yeah. help himself. But listen, I loved it. I popped huge when he, you know, was burying LaGreca from Busted Open. I thought that was great. Yo, Dave um, LaGreca lost his fucking mind. I know. And listen, I really hope that they're working, right? Like, Dave's he's Yeah, Dave, like, Dave's such mean, a student of wrestling. Yeah. He's got to be in it, too. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. He's playing I mean, listen, it. he can't be getting this worked, you he's know? Got, and, and I would think, you know, it. obviously The Rock, you know, by mentioning Dave, he's putting over the show in right. a way. So, you know, I think they're all working with each other. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it was just so funny. And then again, Rock's explanation as to, you know, why Cody, you know, uh, how Cody turned. And, and you know, they even had a, a pretty cool video, like behind the scenes video. I, I guess since you listened to it, uh, you didn't see this part. But like it was like a backstage uh, of the press conference of Rock and Cody. I guess before they were going out there, they hugged each other really? uh, backstage. Yeah. And listen, like, I don't know if that was just caught, like, randomly on camera or if this was done by design. Because that's plays that point, into the they, story. You know, but, it, yeah, it plays perfectly into the story. And I didn't watch SmackDown on Friday. I, I have to go back and watch that entire segment. Um, but I, I, did they mention this on TV at all? Or, or was this, like, like, when I was watching this video by The Rock, I'm like, this, need, this explanation is perfect and needs to be on television. They didn't, they didn't explain that. They didn't explain that on SmackDown. Yeah, of course during his, not. During his full segment, that, that full segment, because then there was issues during the broadcast feed, too, with Fox, because there was some, one of these stupid fans that ended up having, like, a, a die, rock, yeah. die sign, and Fox had to, like, black out certain parts of that opening segment. So there what, lots of complaints so what about. WWE ended up doing is on YouTube, you could watch the full segment in its entire form. You know what I'm saying? With oh, no good. Yeah, yeah. Like that. But no, they yeah. didn't explain that. So, so it makes me wonder now that you mentioned that. It makes me wonder if Rock took the initiative and was like, you know, I need to fill in the gaps. So I'm gonna make it my responsibility to kind of tell that part of the story. You know? Yeah, I mean, hey, if he did, kudos to him. And I could definitely see that being a possibility. I mean, listen, uh, you know, obviously Rock seen the 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 fan backlash, right, for for Cody. So, uh, you know, at that point, he probably was like, listen, like we need to we need to turn this into a a well-told story and you know like if we're if we're you know going in a whole new direction that what we were previously going to be going in like let's tell the story right and you know that's one good thing about the rock is you know he's he knows the business inside and out and uh you know like i said i just thought i just think he's making this so much more exciting and listen if you like i said if you would have told me that you know a couple weeks ago i would still be on the fuck rock train you know but now i'm just like all right respect man because Listen, he's leaning into it. If he's going to stick around, listen, I'm all for this. So definitely made everything much more exciting. And, man, I can't wait for WrestleMania, bro. I mean, we're sitting here for March March 3rd, right? And, like, I am super excited for both nights of WrestleMania with the two main events we get with the story. Yeah, we're, we're literally a month away from WrestleMania. I'm excited, too. And another thing also, especially in that segment on Friday, the fact that Roman – Stop the rock from doing, you know, his closing if you smell, and pretty much was like, I need something from you. I need you to acknowledge me. And the rock just kind of look at he gives him a look, and it's just like, yo, what is the rock gonna do? And he does acknowledge Roman Reigns, and then the fans just start calling him a sellout. It's just that was just that was a moment in in itself. And then also, like Paul Heyman's another one where it's like when Roman does that, 
Paul Heyman is just scared for his life because he doesn't know what's about to happen, right? And when The Rock does acknowledge Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman's in shock again. He's like, oh, he did it. He fucking did it. He's like, oh my God, he did it. He did it. But then when they're all raising the one up, Paul Heyman lingers and he's looking at The Rock throwing that L and he's like, hmm. So it's yeah. like, they're, they're also like already setting the groundwork for the eventual split between Roman and Rock. Yeah, I love it. I love it. This this is just a really, really well-told story all around, man. This is how it's done. This is how it's supposed to be. And, yeah, I mean, listen, whether it happens at WrestleMania or not, I mean, I don't know if we'll get a full-fledged turn at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. but um, either way, I think the story is going to be continuing throughout the summer and, you know, leading up into next year. Uh, it's it's going to be super exciting. So, And it's actually going to make me want to see Rock and Roman, you know, because for the longest time I've wanted to see it. As of late, I'm like, you know what? The more the, the more years that have gone by that we haven't seen it, I'm just like, yeah, I have no interest. Right. But now right. this is getting me back into it. You know, it's it's getting my interest uh, up again. So another great. interesting layer about this too, and it's more of if and when it happens, right? You know, a lot of people speculated that whenever Roman loses a title and he takes kind of like a break or something, he might be a face at some point. But, like, The Rock right now, he's doing such great work as a heel, right? Like, fans, like, love him, right? Like, they just want to cheer for him even though he's being a scumbag. Let's say if The Rock does cost Roman the title at, you know, or, or helps kind of Cody win or turns on Roman, however you want to word it, at WrestleMania. I still think that people are going to still cheer for The Rock and boo Roman. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see that, too, but... I don't know. I mean, yeah, that that, that dynamic is going to be interesting to see when the time comes. Um, I mean, what complete 180 it would be, right? I mean, everybody, like, hated this man, you know, not too long ago. Um, and now everybody's going to be cheering for him. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's it's a, it's going to be really, really interesting, like I said, to see how they book this moving forward. But, I mean, I am so intrigued. And, again, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's pretty, like, I mean, besides the fact that he's, he's going to be turning on Roman, right, because that's pretty obvious – a lot of this stuff is like unpredictable. It's like you don't really know where is. the story is going to go next, and that's that's the main thing I love the most. So so now that we talked about like the the Rock and and Roman and Cody and Steph of it all, right? There there has been some other stuff that's happened on this road to WrestleMania. And listen, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm invested of in a, in another Drew and Steph match. I'm also invested in, uh, uh, they haven't announced it yet, but like a, a Jimmy and Jay match. I'm invested in that too. You know, in one night, Jimmy became like the most hated man in WWE, right? After he caused Jay that, that match against Gunther. But if I had to be honest here, because of the such like powerful and how vocal the audience have been when it comes to this Cody story with, with the bloodline, Roman, The Rock, and now Seth is involved in this too, right? If I have to be honest, everything else on the show does feel less important. <laughs> I have to be honest. Ryan, I think I lost you, bro. Uh, I'm here. Can okay, you hear okay, me? you're you're here. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I do think everything else on the show feels less important. Yeah. No, I I agree with that 100. Um. 
I guess that's just, you know, what happens sometimes, you know, if you got something so exciting, you know, and I mean, that was, that's how I felt at the press conference, right? Like, you know, obviously everything happened beforehand before like, you know, rock and Roman came out, like everybody was there to see that, right. You know, you had Bianca going on and on about God knows what she was talking about and same with Rhea Ripley and all that stuff. It's like all that stuff. Everybody's just like, all right, let's get on to the main event. And I think that's just how it's going to be, you know? Um, but listen, I think the, the WrestleMania card, or as of right now, like the top matches looks pretty good. You know, like you mentioned Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. I'm, I'm excited I'm, for that. I'm, yeah. And if you would have told me that a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't have believed you because, again, we've seen this match so many times, right? And like, not that they're not good matches, but like, it's just nothing new, you know? And like, Drew has lost every single one. So it's kind of like, ugh, like, what's the story? But ever since Drew injured CM Punk and, oh my God, everything he's been doing since has been some of, some so of the best work good. in his career right now. Yeah, and listen, I am all I love Seth Rollins, and I think you know he he's gonna get that night one main event, which he deserves, and everything like that. Um, I do think he needs to drop the title to Drew McIntyre so that Drew can finally right that wrong from 2020 and win the title in front of fans. I think uh, it's long overdue, and again, he's putting in in the work right now. He deserves it, so I would like to see that happen. Um, you know, Becky and Rhea, I think is going to be a really, really good match. Obviously that's one of the big, biggest women's yep. matches I think we've seen in a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bailey and EO, uh, that's an underrated match right there that yep. not many people are talking about, unfortunately, but, uh, that'll be a good one. And hopefully Bailey gets her moment at WrestleMania finally. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we think Jimmy and Jay is going to get it made. So the card is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I mean, I agree with you in comparison to the, the, you know, the rock Roman Cody Seth stuff. Everything else just seems like it's, uh, you know, just there, you know. Yeah. Another thing is, what well, where do the like the mid card titles stand in all this when it comes to Mania? I think a lot of people think that Logan Paul's gonna face Randy Orton at Mania, which I would yeah. be fine with that, right? Like, absolutely. Like, I think that would be a great match. But then also is like, some people are speculating, what, what's Gunther gonna do with the IC title? Is there gonna be like a multi man match for one of these titles? I think a lot of people are speculating some type of ladder match for either the IC or the United States title. So. Um, that's something that also I'm intrigued about. You know what I'm not intrigued about? I'm not intrigued about an LA Knight and AJ Styles match. I could give two shits. About yeah. Yeah, I, I like I'm, both I'm, guys. I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I was going to say, yeah. LA Knight, I like him, but I just don't need to see this match at WrestleMania. No. This will be a bathroom break match for, for sure. I mean, this is just, uh, listen, what's the story here, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I think they have been telling a story between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of like the Royal Rumble or whatnot, I haven't really been following it too much. But again, it's just a feud that just doesn't really. There's nothing on the line. There's nothing like I, I just don't really know why any of us should care about it. And it's a shame that this is what you know AJ Styles' yes. career has come right. Like he's not in any of the oh. top matches. He's just kind of thrown into a meaningless story. And, and listen, LA Knight. A couple months ago, we thought this guy was going to be in a big time match at WrestleMania, right? And I guess you can argue that now facing AJ Styles at WrestleMania is a pretty big deal, but But like the fans don't care. Yeah. Nobody cares. And in comparison to everything else we just mentioned, like that's just like, that's the weakest match on the card, you know? So yeah, I'm not interested in this at all. I totally agree. hundred percent bathroom break for me. Um, I know you're a big AJ Styles fan, so it's funny to hear you say the same exact thing, but it it hurts. It it hurts me to say that. I was actually telling a a buddy of of mine, (laughs) we were talking about AJ. He's like, He's just telling me, like, man, it sucks that, yo, they really ain't doing shit with AJ. And I'm like, you know what? When his contract was up, I think it was rumored that his contract was up somewhere, like, in 2021 going to 2022. 
he should have just went to AEW. <laughs> like, I, I hate to say that, right? Because it's like not everyone to, can go to AEW. But then I look at, like, yo, he has like a shit ton of friends over there. He's tight with the Bucks. He's tight with Omega. Like, he knows a lot of the people that work there. I'm like, shit, you could have done like what Miro did. Like, he signed a year deal and then he signed like a multi year deal and they ain't doing shit with Miro, right? But like, AJ could have tested the waters for like a year, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then if not, he could have done some New Japan stuff. I mean, who knows, man? He could have done so much more. But I mean, yeah, I don't I honestly don't think he's ever really going to do like like I don't know if he's ever going to be that top star in WWE ever again. It's almost like Edge's situation where like Edge kind of just like he saw the writing on the wall. There was nothing. They weren't going to use this guy as a big time player anymore. They were kind of over him. They did everything possible with this guy right i feel like it's the same thing with aj styles i mean he's won pretty much all the titles he's he's faced almost all the top guys right i mean what's if you're sitting here right now and you're telling me oh what's one match that you want to see aj styles have in wwe right now like that's a dream match i mean i i couldn't even tell you because i think he's faced literally everybody you know um so unfortunately it's just just that time where it's like listen he's done a lot he's done all that he could possibly do there I mean, what's what's next? You know, like what 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 are we doing? So I mean, not for nothing, you know, not to bring up Edge, but like you look at the shit that he's doing in AEW besides the <laughs> Christian stuff. I mean, you could also make the argument like, eh, maybe should have stayed in WWE. Just yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Hey, if they need you th- two three times a year, like you're better off doing that than what you're doing now. But besides, I mean, besides the Christian stuff, because the Christian stuff has been great. But the thing is, the Christian stuff is not every week. No, no. I mean, listen. As long as he's enjoying himself, kudos right. to him. He deserves it. Um, but yeah, man, he's just uh, another guy in AEW. He's he's just not hitting at all. But that's that's a different conversation. Yeah, different conversation. All right. Um, I'm trying to think what else can we talk about uh, when it comes to like WWE before we move on to a couple other things. Um, all right. So we mentioned AJ's in limbo. We got this LA night potential match that we don't care about. Oh, Rey Mysterio's back. It looks like he's he. I think we're gonna get the Santos match between him and um. And Mysterio at Mania, I think that match is another one that's gonna that looks pretty exciting, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely something that at least there's a story there, right? Like, you know, uh, it's different from the LA Knight AJ style stuff. At least this has been a well told yes. story yep. between the LWO and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that would be a pretty solid undercard match for WrestleMania. Um, you know, uh, even though again, there's no title on the line or anything like that, but um, I'm definitely intrigued. Something like that opening up mania like one of the two nights i think that would that would just get that crowd off to a great start because i think they would absolutely have a, a killer match yo i think we're gonna get a, a multi-man match for the ic title with gunther man i think yeah. dominic's gonna be involved i think some other people like a chad gable might be involved um maybe even a Sami Zayn. i think we're gonna get some type of multi-man match and not for nothing i think dominic should win <laughs> i think dominic yeah. should win the ic title <laughs> oh man yeah listen I think this is the right call. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys on the card that are going to be left off if there's no multi-man match for at least one of those mid-card titles. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking it was going to be the United States title because, you know, you could have Logan Paul, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens. And I thought maybe AJ and LA Knight would, would get into that mix, I mean, too. I wouldn't hate that either. I, yeah. I, I would rather see that than see a fucking one-on-one between LA Knight and AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. But then again, I do kind of want to see... L- uh, a Logan Paul versus Randy Orton one on one. So I mean, too. you know, like um, fucking, hey, we get that. I could see like Logan Paul doing the um, the springboard uh, clothesline type thing, like Hangman does, and then like midair fucking an RKO. Oh, you know he's gonna take it some crazy RKO spot. Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool. But I do I do think 
that potentially could become a triple threat now because I mean if if not like where's Kevin Owens fit in this right and he got screwed out of the the title so it's never he never really got his rematch and he's still kind of involved in the story so I think we're seeing the triple threat there and possibly like some multi-man ladder match for the IC title for Gunther's title. Listen, I love uh, a good, just, I, I love a good ladder match. I love ladder matches. Yeah, well, me too. I'm a sucker for them. You can't ever go wrong with that, especially at WrestleMania. Um, I just think it, it hits different because, you know, I used to love the Money in the Bank a couple of years ago at, at yep. Mania. So I think it's it's lacked, um, like, um, WrestleMania has really lacked gimmick matches over the years, I think. Um, so we had I'd that once, we had those, well, I think, like, one or two years that we started having ladder matches for, like, I remember for two years in a row, we had like a ladder match for the IC title. One was at 31 and 32. And 30, yeah. 32. And then at 33, we had an impromptu ladder match for the tag titles. That's when yes. the Hardys returned. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we have gotten ladder matches over the past couple of years, but I don't think, I don't think at least since then, since 33, we have gotten a ladder match no. for WrestleMania. Yeah, we haven't. So, so I mean, I, it's I been think, a couple of years. Yeah, let's fuck it. Let's do it in Philly, bro. The, the home of ECW. Let's do it in fucking Philly. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. I'm down for it. All right. Um, let's uh, let's move on to a couple other stuff. Um, we haven't mentioned AEW in a while. All right. Um, I don't. Tonight's Revolution, right? And we we are gonna talk about Sting, but I did want to mention to you and kind of get your thoughts on it. We briefly did talk about it. So there was an interesting rumor that came out um about like a week or so ago. I think it was um Andrew Zarian from uh the Madman podcast. According to him, he's saying that Forbidden Door three will be taking place in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. Hey, that'd be cool. Um, I think that's a great spot for it. I mean, Arthur Ashe is a great venue. I think, you know, the Grand Slam shows have been good, but I think it's time for a pay-per-view to take place at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I agree. I think it'd be awesome. And, and uh, hey, that, that's that's a great one to uh, to give us. So, the only thing about Forbidden Door, and again, go. I don't want to be like, yeah, I know. It's like, here we go. There's got to be something, you know, negative. Uh, no, no, like, I, I'm sure I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> it's just Forbidden Door was cool the first year, right? And, you know, you can even say last year is, last year's event was fine as well. But now it's like all these guys, right? Like the Okadas, the Jay Whites. The, the Will Ospreys. They're all in AEW now. <laughs> So it's like, what are these possible dream matches going to be? Are we going to see fucking Okada and Tanahashi again? Now listen, having that on U.S. soil is in New York City, no less, would be cool. But I mean, come on, like, what are we? What's Okada going to do, right? Who's he going to face? Like, it's just like, it's just so funny because like this, the Forbidden Door, there, it's not forbidden anymore. The door is wide open. Like, and people walk through the door left and right. I mean, AEW's had so many randos on their show from CMLL for the past month. I mean, all these, like, Bolador Juniors and all these all, all these guys that flip-flop all across the ring, they're all on the show every single week. So how is Forbidden Door going to be any different than what we're seeing right now, you know? Chris Jericho's facing some dude uh, last uh, week uh, that, uh, was you know. Alt- Atlas? Altus? Zero clue. He's a, and he's not even and he's the son. So the story. I, 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 this is what I will say about AEW though that they actually did something good this week. They actually did tell the backstory about that on like why Jericho was facing uh, this dude because the the father of of the dude he was facing took him under his wing when Jericho first started in TMO when he first started his career right 
So they kind of told an interesting story with that, and they did show a video package with that. So at least AEW did that, right, to educate the audience why this match was happening. But at the same time, when you're seeing a whole bunch of CMML guys, often it kind of lessens that. Yeah. And listen, I mean, yeah, kudos to them for telling the story. My, my problem is I just don't care. And right. I think a lot of people don't, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, kudos to them. They're actually telling a story explaining why this match is happening and why this guy is here. Mm-hmm. But, again, I don't care, you know? And, again, I don't think – it's not like New Japan, right, where New Japan is more well-known, right? People at least know the guys from New Japan. I mean, to put on a show, AEW versus CMLL, I mean, are people really going to care? I mean, listen – I don't even know if I'm going to care enough to buy a ticket. I wouldn't even care enough to buy it on pay-per-view. I don't, I don't care about CMLL. I don't know anything about it. I, I just I just don't think – I don't know. I just don't Do think their think involvement – Door should not just be New Japan? Do you think maybe – Yeah. Do you think – No, maybe I know what you're saying. Do TNA. You think, Do you think we should get like some TNA involvement? I mean yeah. technically, right, they've done business before. New Japan already does business with TNA, right? Do a do a I can't believe I'm saying this. Do an AEW versus TNA Forbidden Door and I'm I'm more invested in that than a possible New Japan one or a CMLL one to be honest with you because again, I just feel like there's not enough guys in New Japan to to put on this super card anymore. I feel like the show was New fine Japan's for a few in a years. Very weird state right now, let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're they're in a weird state, but I don't think like them losing Okada, Osprey, and Jay White, you know, all within a year is the worst thing because I think now that they can elevate more guys, right? Like and now they the got Dolph Ziggler and Matt Riddle, Riddle too, holding two two of their championships. Yeah, Matt Riddle. Yeah, Nick Nemeth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got all these young guys. That guy, that guy, Yota Suji. They got um, you know, they got all those young guys from they, the Bullet they, Club, War Dogs. They, they got this up and comer blue chipper in uh, Naito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Naito and, uh, and Sonata, yeah, Sonata, they, they yeah. guys are carrying the company. Yeah, Bro, Sonata <laughs> defended the IWGP World Title last year against Jungle Boy. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You could, you could. Last year, if you bring up the card from last year, like literally, nothing on that card besides Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay and Brian Danielson and Okada did anything for me like literally nothing like mjf tanahashi was okay but again nothing crazy cm punk randomly facing uh satoshi kojima like uh, like why you know like i just feel like this event is just gonna get harder and harder to do every single year i don't think it's an event that they should have done every single year i think it's just one where you just do it every couple of years probably a one and done yeah, because the Maybe first one, one the done, first but... one was the first one did feel special. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, the first one, yeah. I, but again, I think if we didn't see, just say, what when was the first one? Uh, 2022? 2022. So this is, this is gonna be the third one, right? Yeah. So one. just say you know they had that one, and then they don't have one maybe until this year. At least take a year off, like, and then maybe it'll feel a little bit more special. What? You know. So I so I told you when when this rumor first came out, and I was telling you when we were having this conversation, I was like, they should just. I get it's Forbidden Door where you have New Japan involvement, but you have a whole bunch of New Japan guys within your company. Like, why can't we get an a you know Kenny Omega versus Okada in like the states? That's a match that everybody's been wanting in the states for I don't know how long already. Yeah, Okada's not gonna be you know he's eventually gonna show up in AEW at some point, right? But 
why can't we have that match in the States and, and we could just build it as like Okada is going to be representing New Japan for this match or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I would think and assume that Tony Khan has a plan, right? I mean, uh, if you're going to do Forbidden Door here. I think and you assume that Tony Khan has a plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I th yeah, I think I would assume. I, I don't know. I, I just, I've literally, I can't believe I've said, I feel so negatively about like everything involving AEW, but I just do. I just don't, I just feel like this company has just not felt the same. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel the same way too, Ryan. And I'm, don't get me wrong, you have every right to feel that way. And there's a lot of things that I'm very critical about AEW, right? But in, in, a, in, a, in a few, I am gonna talk about something that I think AEW has done very well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not going to say they're, everything they're doing is wrong, right? but the company just does not feel the no, same. No, it doesn't feel like anything like how it was before, and, and we've had this conversation multiple times before. Like, I, I'm the type of person that I want to see all wrestlers succeed. WWE, AEW, TNA, New Japan, MLW, even though I haven't watched MLW in God knows how long, the indies, I want to see all these companies succeed. I think... When all these companies are doing great business, it's just healthier for everyone because you have all these different men and women that have options to go to different places. You don't have to just stick to one company. But AW is nowhere near what they were those first two and a half years. That 2019 going into going into the end of 2021 that bleeds into 2022, that was the golden era of AEW. Golden yeah. era. That includes the yeah. pandemic era. Yeah. Yep. Listen, and I don't even think Okada and Will Ospreay and Mercedes Monet are really going to move that much of a needle and make that much of a difference. Because... Edge didn't. No, exactly. And I love Edge. Exactly. And hey, what about when <clears throat> Soraya came into the company, right? Everybody thought she was going to change nope. the women's division, right? Like She's, she's just gonna, another the women's she, revolution. She's just another, just number. another person. Now, Mercedes will be at the top of the division, right? She will be a, the, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star that that division has. But, I mean, again, how is she going to be any different than what Tony Storm's doing right now? And, hey, don't get me wrong. Tony Storm's doing incredible work. But, again, it's just like it's just not – it's still not doing much for me as a whole like i don't really i don't it's a, care it's a hot you know take for me from when it comes to tony storm i love tony storm don't get me wrong and i think she's done phenomenal work with this character but i'm kind of getting i'm kind of getting tired of the character yeah yeah i think i think i think it's kind of hit hit the wall it, it's hit its uh it's hit its peak yeah, yeah i agree I'm i tired I, of the character don't get me wrong credit to her for doing a complete 180 from anything she's done in the past she's awesome she's a great performer but the, the shtick is kind of getting old for me. I'm kind of over it. Yeah, you know what? I would have Deanna Perrazzo go over tonight. Me too, 1,000%. I, I, I 100% will. Because, and this is, you know, I laugh because this is exactly what Tony Khan does, right? He brings a newcomer into the company, and he, like, features them on TV every single week, right? Like, he's, like this person's there all the time. How about this new chick who's just showing up everywhere? Amanita? Queen Amanata? Who the hell? Oh, Queen Amanata? I don't, I don't even oh, She assigned to an AEW deal because I think she just signed one, like, a couple weeks ago. She is on every single show every single week, I feel like. like She's I don't even, even know Ring who this chick is. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know where she came from. I have no idea who this chick she was, is. She was now, an indie chick, and um, I know she was, make, she was making a, a good name for herself in the indies. And then a, Tony Khan started bringing her in, um, you know, to do, you know, just whatever as like a freelancer. And then eventually she got a sign. She signed a deal. 
hey, good for her. She's on the show every single week. It's only a matter of time before she's not featured at all, and she's never to be seen again, and she's just another another woman there. And that's what he does with all these people, right? Remember Tony Nese, his his debut, right? I think he had a big-time match, title match, uh, for the TNT title, whoever was champion at the time. And now you don't you don't even see this guy anymore. So I laugh. He's doing the same thing with Deanna Perrazzo here, right? She comes into the company and now she gets the title shot. You know, a couple months you know after she debuts. But you know what? Do something different. Give her the title. Elevate her. Show why she's a big deal. Show why you signed her. Don't give her just don't give her another L like you did with Ruby Soho when she first came in. You gave her a title match. You, yeah, you hung an L on her, and now she's just. just another person in the division. You made her feel important for, you know, about a month or two, and that was it. Do something different here with Deanna Perrazzo. Put her over, okay? Have her carry the championship. Make her a big deal right out of the the game. That's exactly what I do. I would love for Deanna to win, to go over tonight and and dethrone Tony Storm and become women's champion. Here's another thing, too. Now that you met, because you're mentioning all these different names, right? I think Tony Khan would benefit just having a, a, a legit brand split because collisions unwatchable i'm sorry collision is unwatchable <laughs> because nothing in that show matters because it doesn't bleed into dynamite just create two separate worlds create one for collision give me a reason for me to watch collision and then keep shit on dynamite on dynamite and then during the pay-per-views that's when you have everything bleed in together like why can't you just do a brand split like a legit brand split you have a set of champions only to be featured on one show then you have another set of champions to be featured on another show yeah, I mean, listen, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, like you said, you have a bloated roster. Look yeah. at look at you know it might. This is probably out of all the things that's wrong with with AEW, right? My biggest gripe is the fact that Jay White went from being the guy in New Japan, okay, to now being part of this like super group that I personally don't give a shit about. Why the nope. fuck? Is Bullet Club Gold and the Acclaim together? Now, granted, I think Bullet Club Gold is going to eventually turn on the Acclaim, which is totally fine. And I hope they take those trios titles away from them and they like um, unify the the the, the six man and the trios to one title. That's what I'm hoping for, right? And Bullet Club Gold better to be the ones that that end up like on the winning end of that of of that, right? But like, why are we having the super group? Why is Jay White not going for a singles title? It, it mind boggles me. And then you have, uh, now I'm just going to go on a rant. You have the United <laughs> Kingdom that nobody gives a shit about. You know why? Because when Adam Cole got hurt, they should have fucking pivot. Because this group was not going to work if Adam Cole isn't healthy. I'm sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah we've seen Warlow back on TV more, more often now. That's good. As much as I love um, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, they they're always gonna be seconds to people. They're they they can ne- they'll never be like the the part of a main story. Unfortunately, that's no that's not like discrediting them or anything like that. Because I think they're an awesome. I think they're a very underrated tag team, and I love both guys. Roddy Strong is another guy. He's more of a supporting role. He's never gonna be the guy. So when you have the guy, which is Adam Cole, out with injury, and you don't see him every single week, that stable loses credibility and now they're feuding with the best friends and like not trying to discredit the best friends either but aw hasn't given us a reason lately to give a shit about the best friends unfortunately so it's like you went from costing the guy in the company mjf the title right or like you know whatever being revealed as a devil and they were behind the attacks 
to now MJF's gone, and now they're moved on to they went from being part of an A storyline to now being part of a C storyline. So my opinion, they should have fucking pivot when Cole got hurt. They should have pivoted the story, and they should have had Jay White take the title away from MJF. Yeah, dude, I 100% agree with you. He is another guy. That's it. Jay White, one of the hottest stars in the world in pro wrestling, you know, coming from New Japan to AEW, you think, oh, he's in good hands with Tony Khan, right? But Tony doesn't know what to do with him, and you know, it's (laughs) Okada's coming in. What makes me think, or what's supposed to make me think, that anything is going to be different with Okada coming in? Osprey, too. Osprey's having a match tonight with Takeshita, right? But at the same time, I worry about these guys. Because if Jay White went from being the guy in New Japan to now just being part of some super group, yeah, he may have been in full gear, right? But think about about that, right? Think about how that pay-per-view, while the pay-per-view was was good, think of how that pay-per-view started and how it ended. They did this stupid story where MJF, his leg got hurt, and then during the main event, he was wrestling with one leg. Like, why couldn't Jay White just beat the guy? Yeah. Listen, I know. Yeah, I, and especially especially if Samoa Joe loses the title today, right? If, if, if today Samoa Joe drops the title to Swerve, most likely, or Hangman, right? There, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy because, listen, I like Swerve. I like Hangman. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I'm also going to be a little pissed because it's like, what the hell was the point of Samoa Joe taking the title off of MJF? What was the point? Why couldn't you just have Jay White on there? And I understand it was because you booked the Nassau Coliseum, right? You wanted MJF to defend the title there. Why couldn't he have just defended against Jay White? Against but not for him? nothing. You gave the same fucking tri-state area, the same fucking main event that you gave for for Arthur Ashe for Grand exactly. Slam. Exactly. Listen, it, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really, it's it's sad. It really is sad that we're talking about AEW in this way because you know Tony Khan. It was you know you, you know he has a great mind for pro wrestling and you know things like that. He has just. Uh, not book these shows and and these and these guys and girls correctly and I don't know if you saw the report from Brian Alvarez out that like uh, a lot of the town is frustrated with Tony because of the way he books and they come to TV they don't know what they're doing Yo, they, and, they, oh, they, they like, show up they get on their flights they show up to TV and it's like eh, we got nothing for you yeah like these shows aren't planned in advance like they want John you know, Morrison's like, getting slammed on his head from Dalton <laughs> Castle on Ring of Honor you know I I mean what a mess what a freaking mess what a shit show. <laughs> Uh, I mean, listen, tonight's show, Revolution, it should be a really good show. The pay-per-view is always The card deliver. does look really, really good. It's Yeah, it's one of the most – It's I think it's one of the most stacked pay-per-views we've seen from AEW in a long time. My, um, my, buddy, my buddy Kevin, right, and I love Kevin, he goes like – he's like, you know, Revolution looks like a good card. My only gripe is that it's nine matches, and I feel like that's too much. I'm like, bro, AEW usually have <laughs> over ten matches, so to me, I'm cool with nine. Oh, nine, nine's like God. I'm like, I'm like on my hands and knees, like thanking Tony Khan for nine matches. I mean, it's still the show is still gonna go until midnight, but um, you know, it, it's still gonna be four hours long. But I mean, yeah, nine matches compared to the the normal like twelve or thirteen that we can normally get on these shows. Yeah, I'll take nine any day of the week, and every every single match looks pretty strong. So uh, listen, I'm gonna order. I'm gonna watch yeah, tonight. Yeah, me too. So man. I will, me too. You know, it's gonna be a good night for Sting. So yeah. Well, that, that's a great segue. That's a great segue because while we have been critical on AEW and we don't agree with some of Tony Khan's booking and just how he keeps signing talent and then they kind of get lost in the shuffle, I will say this. They've done such a great job with Sting and 
tonight is Sting's last match. And just for like the last like week or so, like about maybe within the last two weeks, uh, you know, my, when it comes to wrestling, I'm so like I- interested in this the Cody Rhodes, Roman, Seth, Rock stuff. Don't get me wrong. But the other thing that I've kind of been revisiting has been like a lot of Sting's career, right? And, you know, like YouTube has been like my best friend, you know, like I'm looking at old clips and stuff like that. And um, TNA, kudos to them. They've done like a, they've done like a, a three hour, um, just like mix of like Sting's whole TNA run, right? And I actually like fell asleep to it the other night. I was like, let me just throw this on, just kind of like revisit some of the, some of this stuff. And then I was looking at some stuff like back from the 90s of Sting, you know, like, well, uh, you know, just going from Surfer Sting to Crow Sting and then the Wolf Pass Sting and all that stuff. And I even was looking at some of the stuff that he did with WWE, which wasn't much, but like I remember back in, I think that was 2014 when he showed up at Survivor Series when he made his debut. Man, when he showed up, yo, that crowd fucking lost it. And he had that face off with Triple H. And then the, the months of storytelling with like Sting being like kind of like a vigilante and kind of like stalking the authority. And then there was this one episode of of Raw where Seth Rollins was going to like jump like Randy Orton with the authority, right? And next thing you know, the lights go off, you know, you hear the, the and Sting shows up and he's side by side with Randy Orton and they're just beating the shit out of people. It's like, fuck, man, like WWE like took for granted like what kind of like power Sting has and like the connection he has with like the audience, man. One, Triple H should have never went over in that WrestleMania, right? His match against Sting. That's one. And then two, like, yeah, we couldn't really control, like, what ended up happen- happening between Seth Rollins and Sting. But, like, I feel like they could have still done a lot more with Sting, and they didn't really take advantage of that, which it's unfortunate. That's why I'm saying, like, with AEW and Tony Khan and company, like, they really have done, like, such a phenomenal job with Sting's run. Like, kudos to them, man, because Sting really, really deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing that Tony Khan has gotten right, it's definitely Sting. I mean, he's been booked perfection in the past, what, three years? And uh, it's it's really just been awesome to see. And I don't think anybody expected this, right? When he first came over from WWE after that injury, mm-hmm. uh, people were critical of Tony for signing him and putting him back in the ring. And I think a lot of those people are eating those words after seeing the run that he's had. Um, you know, obviously all tag matches, but I mean, hey, it's, that's what's been working, right? And that's what's prolonged Sting's career. After, you know, him getting injured against uh, Seth Rollins in that match at Night of Champions, you know, you never thought you'd see this guy wrestle again. And he went on to wrestle a couple more years. I mean, it, it's it's awesome to see. And it's great that, you know, Tony Khan gave him the perfect last run that he deserves. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that you can't criticize Tony for, it's definitely that. So, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people, too, like they were they're upset that we didn't see a Darby Allen versus Sting one on one. Right. Mm hmm. And I think everybody thought that that would possibly be Sting's final match. But I think what's been working this entire run was tag matches, right? He didn't need to put in that much work, you know, as much as like a one-on-one match would be. Um, So I think tonight's tag match is just perfect against the Young Bucks, two guys that he apparently handpicked and wanted to go out against. And I think there's no better tag team, really. And it's for the tag tag team titles, too, which I think a lot of people are forgetting, which Mm -hmm. I think is awesome as well. Um, it's cool that we got to see, you know, Sting and Darby at least win the tag titles and have that moment. So, so cool, yeah. man, seeing Sting, like, hold another title. Like, he's going to end his career, yeah. like, holding a title again. Or, you know, like, he's going into his last match being a champion. I don't think yeah. anybody saw that coming either. Like, 
another thing is like Sting is, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sting is like what, like sixty? He's like I don't know if he's sixty five. Like he's sixty. He's like in his early sixties, and it's like yeah, it's crazy to look at someone that's one that's still wrestling, right? But maybe you feel differently, Ryan. I don't know, but for me, there's never been a moment with Sting in recent years that he doesn't look like he doesn't belong, or he's like, oh right, he needs to really like he's never had like like with Taker right when Undertaker lost his uh, lost his streak after that Brock Lesnar match to me I feel like that after that match he he was never the same again right like that post streak run of Taker I wish it could have been erased like I did not to see I didn't have to see Taker in none of those matches like he just the man just did not look good I yeah. can't say the same thing about Sting Sting has always looked like he's belonged and he's taken crazy bumps that he shouldn't have been taking, but he still was doing it anyway. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, he shouldn't be doing this, but he's doing it because he loves the business. And even this past, like, Dynamite, when he shows up in the rafters again, man, to me, I I popped. I was like, holy shit. Like, I was reliving my childhood again. Seeing this guy coming down from the rafters again, it was such a great moment. Yeah, no, it was super cool to see that on his final dynamite. Um, the fact that they did that, it was yeah, I thought it was perfect. I think it was like really cool, uh, something different. And you know, like I said, for his last dynamite, last show on TNT, I think it was only fitting. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he's going out on such a high note, and it's really just really really cool to see. And again, it's it's you know waking up this morning and seeing. Uh, people from every single company, right? Like not even just AEW, yeah. but even people in WWE acknowledging Sting and, and, and posting pictures of Sting and, and, and saying some nice things about him. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. This guy's literally been doing this for like 40 years. I mean, that's that's absolutely insane if his, you think about it, right? His run has has crossed within like five different decades, bro. It's unbelievable. It really is. It, it's so crazy to think. That in 2024, he's still, I mean, I know he's hanging up now, but, like, he's still, as of right now, an active competitor. Like, it's crazy. Um, but not after tonight. And I do think he he will stick around AEW and maybe do something backstage there. It seems like he's well-liked um, and well-respected. And, obviously, he has a great relationship with Tony Khan. So, um, yeah, we'll see what he does. And maybe he'll become an agent or something backstage, which will be cool. But... Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this one last match tonight. And, uh, you know, against the Young Bucks, of course. I don't think there's two better opponents. And I think the story is just great. The story they've been telling. That's one of the good things about Dynamite that over the past couple of weeks and and months is this story has been been told pretty well. Especially with this version of, like, the corporate Bucks, you know, like Matthew and Nicholas. I I, I love that, how they're, like, kind of abusing their power and abusing their authority. I love that layer of it also. And also Sting is another guy, you know, going back to – you know, his peers from his era to the peers of now, right? Everybody's just saying so much nice things about him. And I think um, the Players' Tribute did, like, something really, really cool this week where they had people leave, like, voice messages about Sting. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like, people like Arn Anderson, FTR, Edge, uh, Jericho, Dustin Rhodes, his kids, like, so many different people left, like, voice messages talking about Sting. And I got to listen to a couple of them. And Jericho said something where it's like, it's true that, you know, Sting, if, and I actually mentioned it today, I did a post about Sting as well this morning. I feel like he's in a league of his own 
when it comes to this line of business, when it comes to the wrestling business, because not one person has ever said anything negative about Sting. Like he's in yeah. one of that like like league of his own. You know, like you think of all the all time greats, whether it's Ric Flair or Hogan or a Macho Man or you know Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, right? Even if it's something a little bit negative, like nothing too too crazy, right? Or even Shawn Michaels, right? The the guy that that's like you know now born again Christian and stuff like that. Like somebody with those names that I just rattled off, right? Somebody will at least say something negative about them, right? Right. Nobody ever says anything negative about Sting ever. Yeah, yeah, I never heard anything bad about him ever. I mean, he just seems like a great human being and well respected by literally everybody that's ever crossed paths with him in this industry. So. Um, yeah, and he seems like a great guy outside of the ring as well. And just, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, name me somebody else who is this well-respected and liked and, and nobody says anything bad about them. I don't think I could name anybody. No, I, I can't think of anyone either. And, yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's crazy that in 2024, Sting is going to hang it up, man. And I'm really, really excited for not only for the, the pay-per-view revolution, but just specifically this main event and Sting's last match. And the guy deserves it, man. He got a second chance to uh wrestle again you know tony gave him that and obviously he had to be cleared by doctors and stuff like that but you know going back to you know that unfortunate incident with seth Rollins, that's not seth's fault i know a lot of people were like some people were coming after seth saying like oh seth's like an unsafe worker and stuff like that i never saw it that way like listen accidents happen right uh and seth was very apologetic too um when that happened also and I think Sting said in his Hall of Fame speech, I don't know if you remember this, but when Sting got inducted to the Hall of Fame, he mentioned about that um, that incident and stuff like that. And he said that when they were backstage and like when Sting was getting taken to the ambulance and stuff like that, you know, Seth was like like on the verge of tears. He was like really upset and he was telling like, I'm sorry, Sting, I didn't want this to happen. And then Sting said something that the last thing he heard Seth say to him was like, I was you one year when I was, for Halloween when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> Like yeah. the guy is just like it just seems like the whole world loves thing, you know? And it just yeah. it's really, really cool. Like kind of what you were saying, like on social media, like all these people from a whole bunch of different companies are just kind of like pouring out their like heart and soul and like their thoughts about Sting. Like I, I love seeing that. Yeah, me too. It's it's so awesome. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, I, I think the whole world like like is just gonna be watching tonight, the whole pro wrestling world again, no matter what company, it's almost gonna be like that Brody Lee tribute show, right? Yeah. Remember that when like everybody yeah. from every different company was was talking about that on mm-hmm. on social media. I think it's gonna be the same exact thing tonight. Hope all goes well. I hope uh, you know Sting stays safe uh, in there, and yeah. and I hope they have a killer match, man. I hope he goes out with just such a bang, like in a match that we we'd remember forever. And I think that it has the uh, it, we have a it's really good possibility of that happening. So I'm really looking forward to it and. Um, yeah, it's just crazy that Sting is is hanging it up for good. It's it's uh, he just never thought this was gonna come, right? The more the more years that have gone by, and the more he continues to wrestle, you just never really thought, wow, you're like this is gonna fuck? be the last. You're one. like so. you're like holy shit! Like I, I don't think anybody ever thought that after like the injury with with Rollins, I don't think anybody ever thought that like you thought that was it. Like Sting got inducted to the Hall of Fame, and that was it, right? And then he gets like I said, he gets this other opportunity to kind of extend his career a little bit longer. And his whole AEW run has been just incredible. 
yeah, man, if it wasn't for AEW, who knows? Who knows what he, you know, what his career would have been after that Seth Rollins match, you know? I mean, does he go back to TNA? Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what would have happened. So, uh, thank goodness AEW exists for that reason alone, you know? So. Okay, one last thing um, about this match. So, what do we think here? The Young Bucks go over? Or do or does Sting and Darby pick up the win and Sting retires as a champion? What do you think is going to happen here? No, I think I think the Young Bucks go over. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Bucks take the titles. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. Agree think, too. I don't think Sting is that type of guy, you yeah. know. And I know he's not putting over um, young talent here, yeah. right? But uh, he, I think he's going to want to put somebody over on his way out. I don't yeah. think he's that type of person who's going to want to go over. Um, unless hey, unless there was a, unless there's like uh, some back and forth between the Bucks, Tony, and Sting, where it's like the Bucks don't want to win the titles. They want to put Sting over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could. If that would be the only reason why I would think that Sting and Darby would win um, and then retire, you know, on top as tag champs. But I don't know. I just think the smart move is to probably give it to the Young Bucks and, you know, l- let them take the titles and then we can move forward after this. But, um, yeah. All right. One last thing. And this is the, the, the final question. So let's just say the Bucks do go over and the Bucks win the tag titles and then they grab the titles and just take off. What do you think here? You think – uh. Maybe some most of the roster comes out and gives Sting like a mm-hmm. kind of standing ovation there, you know, up in the the entrance, and they kind of just leave Sting in the ring, and that's the closing shot of the pay per view. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be cool if the roster came out and just uh, you know clap for him and everything yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But I do that's think I they think. they give a Sting, you know, the ring as soon as the Bucks win, they'll leave. I think Darby will probably be leave too, mm-hmm. and you, you have Sting just uh, you know soak it all in. Soak it all in, yeah. And even, you know, if you want to have people come down to the ring after and, you know, uh, maybe, like, hold them up or whatever, you know, yeah, you can get Tony Schiavone to go in the ring and, you know, have everybody embrace and stuff like that. I think uh, it's a cool dude, way to post it. I, I could see a lot of people crying, man. Uh, Tony Khan's definitely going to be crying. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be crying. Yeah, I could definitely see he's gonna that. He's going to hug. He's going to be crying. Ric Flair's definitely going to be crying because he cries for everything. There's, oh, there's going to be a lot of tears. They're going to be tearing and tearing up a storm. 1,000%. Yeah, Rick's probably been crying all day, so, <laughs> you know. All right, Ryan, I think that's it, man. I think we covered all the important shit that we need to cover. You know, this, at least this run, this second take, I've been looking at the whole audio this whole time and everything has gone smoothly. Good, 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 good to hear. Oh, and we didn't yeah. just waste another hour and a half. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, good oh. stuff, but. All right, yeah, Ryan, great give me to some finally record, time. man. Yeah, I know, finally, time. after like a month, man, after a month, but uh, I'm glad that we recorded. I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to do an episode next week, but we'll see. Who, who's to say? Maybe something crazy happens. Um, yeah, who knows? But, um, but yeah, we're on the road to WrestleMania. We have Revolution tonight. Yeah, some good stuff, man, some good stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. A lot of good things going on, man. We're uh, one month away from WrestleMania, just about, so good things ahead. 1,000%. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs, man. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Uh, you know, I still haven't figured out if this Twitter's dead uh, or, or, or not, but uh, I've not been on there. I just have no motivation to tweet, uh, you know, live tweet anything. I just usually just like to watch these shows now. Like like tonight, I'm just going to watch the show and just not even get on social media, you know. I just don't really uh, like doing that uh, anymore. I'll probably get on Instagram, but as far as Twitter goes, I don't know. Give it a follow anyways, just in case I decide to revive it. But for right now, it's on a long hiatus. All right. You can follow me at Radar since eighty seven, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I've I've been eh, semi active on Instagram. I mean, the the IG page hasn't died or anything, but like you know, you'll you'll have a stretch of me 
posting like maybe three days straight and then you won't hear from me for like a couple days. So it's like it's like, you know, semi active, semi active. But um just give us a follow there and yeah, that's it. You know, um not sure when we're gonna do another episode, but maybe who's to say? Maybe we'll do one next week. I don't know. All right, so for our double Ryan radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep radar and stay too soon. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>